Now, I know there's some people, and you're tempted to say on any one of these things, whether it's raising hands, whether it's clapping, really, it does affect what happens in you, what happens to you in your life, because you're welcoming the king. It's who we're doing it for. That's what matters and makes it valuable. And it's doing it together as a group of committed followers of Christ. I'm going to talk to you tonight about about another aspect of praise. And uh, I was reading about the loudest stadiums in the world, not just in the country, not just in the NFL, because some people only want to talk about one stadium in the NFL. And, and uh, so I'm going to give you the five stadiums in the world that are the loudest. Number five, University of Tennessee, where the volunteers play is the fifth loudest stadium. Do we have any Vols here? Oh, we got one on the front row. All right, so we're, we're looking to you to bring the volume up, okay? So we want you to know that. Uh, Lumen Field in Seattle, where the Seattle Seahawks, the home of the 12th man. Uh, so we got some Seahawk fans in here. We got another one. So the, you too, it's up to you to really, really elevate things here. Um, do we have any LSU Tiger all right, go Tigers. You're number three. So Tiger Stadium. And then probably, I don't know whether anybody's been to this one, um, Westfalen Stadium in Germany is the second loudest stadium in the, in the world. And then the number one loudest stadium in the world. And, and what's interesting about this, when they when they checked it, it was the Kansas City Chiefs playing the New England Patriots. It's in 2014. And the DBs, they recorded the DBs. Now, I know some people will complain about our DBs, and our DBs are not even close. Our sound system, if you go to a Chiefs game, or, and you're a regular Chiefs game, don't ever complain to me about the sound. Because you put up with it for hours up there. And we just do it for a little bit here, and we're not even close, not even close. At Arrowhead Stadium, it's 141 dB. That's the equivalent of a jet engine. So you're, you're exposing yourself. It's, it's why, you know, the Chiefs fans are so hard of hearing is because they've been... <laughs> but that's the loudest stadium. So uh, how many Chiefs fans? <laughs> it's so painful for me to talk about this stuff, especially after Sunday and Saturday. You got to pray for me. My Buffaloes and my Broncos have just gone up in smoke. So, but I'm still, Dion's still got it going. So it's going to, we're going to, we're going to figure out a way. Anyway. Yeah, now I've used up all my time talking about stadiums. I want to talk to you just in the next few moments about the power of, of loud praise. Praise that comes by way of, of two things, and that's clapping and shouting. You know, that's... <laughs> I like that. I like that. You are, you are getting warmed up. I was afraid I was, all I was going to get was a golf clap, and then I was going to have to say something about that. But what happens in worship is we experience the power and the presence of the Lord in a way that changes the atmosphere, 
in a way that changes us, in a way that brings the presence of God into our life and accomplishes spiritual victory in our lives and the lives of people around us. Worship, then, is not just something we think, and this is something that I think the church world has through the years. It's, it's, the, it's really the lie of the enemy, and it's the bastion of the dead church. Shh, we're in church. Because in history, the church, wherever God is moving, people have responded, not just mentally, but they have responded emotionally, they've responded physically to the presence of the Lord because worship is a whole heart, whole soul, whole being response to the presence of the king of the universe and his greatness and his glory. And the Bible says a lot about raising hands, says a lot about praise, and, and it says a lot about clapping. Psalm 47, verse one, clap your hands, all peoples shout to God with a loud song of joy. So we clap. And when we're clapping, what's happening is we're, it's significant in a couple of ways. One of the things that clapping does is it welcomes the king into this place. You know, when, when people are, you know, the, the team comes out on the field, you're clapping, you're welcoming them into the place. You're, you're saying, we're glad you're here. We, we like you. We're for you. We, we, you know, adore you. And the same thing is true when we're welcoming the king into this place. In 2 Kings chapter 11 and verse 12, it says, Then he brought out the king's son, put the crown on him, gave him the testimony, and they proclaimed him king and anointed him, and they clapped their hands and said, Long live the king. Nobody told them to clap. They were overjoyed at Joash's appearance and his rule and kingship. Listen, we're welcoming royalty in our midst when we clap. When I say, come on, let's put our hands together and bless the Lord. We're welcoming the king. Come on, let's welcome the king into this place right now. Lord, we welcome you. You're the king. You're welcome in this place. Thank you. Yes. Lord, we welcome you. Wow. So awesome. It's also clapping is a declaration of joy. I mean, if you've ever watched, I remember watching my grandkids when they're little and they're just happy before they can even talk. They would clap when they're happy and just smile. Something I'll never forget is taking Debbie to the Grand Canyon and watching her. Because I told her, you know, she'd never seen it. I said, oh, you've got to see it. It just looks like it's hard to imagine it's real when you're looking at it. It's so beautiful. And so we get there to the South Rim, and the lighting is perfect to get the vivid colors. And so she goes down there, and she looks at it, and she just began to cover her mouth and then clap with joy at the beauty it just so overwhelmed her. And, and you know, it's an intuitive response. It's the natural response 
of what we feel in our heart toward the greatness of our God. And, and what's interesting is even nature itself does it. Psalm 98 verse 8 says, let the rivers clap their hands, let the hills sing for joy together. Isaiah says, for you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. It's, it's the joyous response of creation to God. And it's interesting that the clapping is linked to shouting with a voice of triumph. So we saw that already in Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout unto God with, a, with loud songs of joy. And it says that again in, in, the, in the New King James Version, clap your hands, shout to God. So it's a, it's a response of just saying, I am so excited about God. So clapping is a part of it. And then shouting is a part of it. Now, I know there's some people, and you're tempted to say on any one of these things, whether it's raising hands, whether it's clapping, whether it's shouting, this is not mind control, it's not crowd control, it's not hype, because what happens is, really, it does affect what happens in you, what happens to you in your life, because you're welcoming the king. It's who we're doing it for. That's what matters and makes it valuable. And it's doing it together as a group of committed followers of Christ. But some people say, you know, I don't do raising my hand. I don't do clapping. I don't do shouting. Let me just remind you of this. When it comes to praise, God does not command us to do something he hasn't put in our nature. Some people say, I just don't do that. That's just not me. Well, guess what? If you're a Christian, you're a new creation in Christ. I don't know about the old you, but I know about the new you, and the new you is designed by him to worship him. The new you is set free to do that, and when you get saved, it's part of your nature. You may not know that, but it's part of your nature, and if you say, nope, it's not, then maybe it's because you're not saved. I mean, honestly, because it's a part of a Christian's nature. Or maybe it's because you're a believer. I don't mean this unkindly. I'm just saying, hey, let, let's cut to the chase. Let's say it like it is. And let's, let's get our lives in alignment with what the Word of God teaches, not with our tradition, not with what we're comfortable about. Listen, who cares what you and I are comfortable with? What we care about is what the Bible says. And what the Bible says, that's what we care about. What the Bible says to do, that's what we want to do. And so there's this, there's this, Throughout Scripture, this shouting unto God. And every time you see it used, the Hebrew word is ruah, and it's used in conjunction with celebration. It's used in conjunction with victory. For example, in Psalm 65 and verse 13, the meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. So it's an abundant setting. They shout for joy. Nature shouts for joy. But then in Psalm 66, shout with joy to God all the earth. Then in Psalm 81, sing for joy to our God, our strength, shout aloud to the God of Jacob. That's a command. That's not a suggestion. That's a command. We shout to God. Psalm 95, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 98, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp. Now listen, you, the idea is sing. I'm, you could hear it when we were singing this evening and the, the instruments weren't playing. You could hear everybody singing. It's powerful. Now listen, it doesn't say 
Sing if you can sing. Doesn't say that. God, God does not give you an exemption card that says you can't sing. We've heard you in heaven and it's awful, so please. He doesn't do that because, because your voice, he created you. And, and he loves to hear your voice. He delights to hear you sing. This is not a tryout for a competition. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets, the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. That's who we're doing it for. We're doing it for the Lord. We're doing it for the King. We're singing for him. We're shouting for him. We're clapping for him. Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. And there's something powerful that happens when you and I shout. And probably the, the best example of it in Scripture is in Joshua chapter 6, where the story of the walls of Jericho come down. And what's so interesting is that Hebrew word for shout is used seven times in Joshua chapter 6. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on the day that day, they circled the city seven times. And the seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Had they got the city yet? The answer is no. But they're shouting like it's already theirs. I would suggest to you that you may be facing a challenge. You might have a financial struggle. You might have a marital struggle. You might have a physical struggle. You might, I don't know what your struggle is, what your challenge is. I'm just suggesting that one of the ways, is not the only way, but one of the ways that you get victory is when you shout like it's already done. People say, oh, when God answers, I'm gonna really shout. No, that's backwards. You shout before, and then you have something to shout about after but you shout before it takes faith to do that when the trumpet sounded the people shouted and at the sound of the trumpets when the people gave a loud shout then the wall collapsed something about just celebrating with joy the victory that you know God is going to give you before you've been given it that changes everything. This is why when we come into the presence of the Lord, whether we're singing, whether we're clapping, whether we're shouting, whether we're lifting our hands, what happens is it's a praise is a powerful weapon that the Lord has given us that gets us the victory in our life. And don't let the devil talk you out of it by saying, oh, you're just a quiet person. He'd love for you to be quiet. Defy him. Ignore him. Just rebuke him by saying, you may say that about me, but God says, I'm a person who shouts. And when you do that, I believe this, especially for the person who, who has to work at it. And I think everybody, if they're not used to it, usually has to work at it the first few times. But if you're super quiet, then, then you got to work at it. You got to force yourself. You say, but I don't feel like doing it. So isn't that being hypocritical? No, it's hypocritical for you not to do it when scripture tells you to do it. So I'm just encouraging you right now, whatever it is right now, I want you to think, what is it that you need victory in? Where is it you need the Lord to give you victory? What is it that you need him to do? Got it in your mind? Now, what I want us to do is I want us to 
I want us to be louder than Gihaw Stadium. What a name. I want us to be louder. I don't want, I don't want the Chiefs to get more praise than God gets. I don't want the Broncos to get more praise than God gets. We don't have to worry about that right now, but I... <laughs> Listen, I want him to get the best of everything. I want him to have the best from me and the best from us. And, and I believe that as we look to him, he's going to do extraordinary things. So whatever your problem is, at the count of three, we're going to stand up, we're going to shout, we're going to clap, we're going to fill this place with such praise.